Hello, folks, and welcome to another Loft podcast. Uh, happy to have in studio Mr. Julian Story. Uh, he owns a company, Story Jet Management, and he's actually based out of the Isle of Man uh, management company, taking care of uh, both large and small airplanes. We had a great conversation. Uh, we started off with Brexit, so if that upsets you, you might want to just go ahead and tune out right now. <laughs> Please welcome Mr. Julian Story. Story. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Mr. Yantos, it's a pleasure. So, um, Brexit. Yeah, uh, we've been cheated. Uh, it, no, uh, in in twenty words or less, go. Twenty words or less. Uh, Seventeen million <laughs> people voted for something, and three hundred politicians are st- trying to stop us having it. Uh, is that too political? I, I don't really, know. I really don't get it. I no. mean, I'm not trying to say that to be difficult. I really don't get it. Yeah, the people I got most respect for are the people who wanted to remain. Um, and that was a perfectly respectable position to take, uh, but who understand that we live in a democracy and having voted for something, they should accept it. Uh, the people I have no respect for are the people who uh, can't accept they didn't win and are now trying to change the result. Right. So I, I, at the end of this month, it's it's over? Is it done or is it not? It's going to be on for years and years and years. Well, we were supposed to have left at the end of March. Now we're supposed to leave at the end of October. Uh, and now the politicians are trying to do everything they can to uh, stop us leaving at all. So no one really knows. It's uh, What's the benefit of the politicians for staying? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> Money? Yeah, probably. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, I've wanted to leave the EU since I was a young man. So uh, for me, it's all a mystery. Um, I don't understand. Effect on the aviation. I mean, because that obviously would bring us around to what we're talking about. But uh, Yeah, again, I mean, no one really knows. Um, I, I think in all probability, we'll end up staying within EASA. Uh, I've got my own views on that. But... Um, We'll speak uh, on it. Yeah, that's this, what this is all about. Uh, at this po- <laughs> yeah, uh, at this point, no one really knows. Uh, if we leave with no deal, it, it, anything's possible. Uh, I mean, the, the big shame of it all is that this has been going on for three years, and we should have something a little bit clearer now uh, than we've than we've got. So, yeah, it's it's, it's all, so. You it's think all it does have the potential to affect the ASA and and the rules that you're governed under right now? Well, it's it's interesting. A lot of uh, a lot of the maintenance organisations in uh, in the UK have, uh, have 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 come up with some sort of contingency plan in case we do leave EASA. Uh, at the moment, if you're uh, a maintenance shop in the UK, you can work on uh, on any any European registered aeroplane. Uh, some of those shops have got themselves uh, their approval registered directly with EASA. Um, I, 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 it's, Boy, that could be a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. Yeah, it could be. I mean. I don't. I don't really foresee any problem with Brexit. Uh, I don't think it'll have a, a bad effect on anybody. But we need to know what we're doing. Uh, the, the the problem we've got is that isn't is not whether we stay in or whether we stay out. Is at the moment no one knows what's happening, uh, and that's uh, it's the uncertainty that's a problem rather than I think the ultimate destination. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. So uh, that was more of a joke than anything because I really give a shit about Brexit. Correct. <laughs> 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 that was an awesome. That, yeah. that was awesome. Um, from your standpoint, yep. Uh, you run an aircraft management company. Correct. Uh, how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that for six years. Uh, I've got um, a, a CJ4. Uh, I've uh, based uh, where? Uh, that's based at London Hill. Uh, a Citation 550 based in Leeds, and a Citation 500 based at South End. They're all oh, privately fabulous. operated. None okay. of them are public transport. Uh, Wonderful. They're, they're all uh, exactly <laughs> right. Um, there's several reasons for that, though. Um, all of the clients I have are really nice, uh, and if I've achieved anything, uh, and it's not great wealth or anything else, the the one thing I have achieved is. Uh, uh, I've got to a point where I can only 
I only need to really work with nice people. Uh, I, I've uh, I've the luxury of choice. So uh, yeah, if, uh, if 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 bad people want me to look after their airplane, I'm in a position where I can turn them down. If, yeah, uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely that's right. wonderful. Because yeah. we at least I had it, especially early on in my career, I had to deal with some stuff I would never deal with now. Yeah, me too. Uh, and uh, I think probably this job is the best job in aviation. If you're if you're flying for nice people, oh, that's uh, a if fact. you're flying for well, we call it the unicorn. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what you folks call it, but we yeah. call it the unicorn. I get it. Yeah. Uh, if you're flying for horrible people, this is a terrible job. Oh. Um, so yeah, if you've got the luxury of uh, of choice that makes us a pretty cool number. That's fabulous. And so you will then crew the airplanes, or do you do all the, most of the flying yourself? Uh, yeah, when I can, um, we love to fly. So the CJ4, he's my uh, he's my longest longest standing client. Um, I always fly that. No one else flies that. Uh, if uh, if I'm uh, flying that, then I obviously can't fly more than one airplane at a time. So uh, yeah, we use freelance guys on the others uh, if uh, if I'm busy. But yeah, if I'm available, I'll try and fly them all as often as I can. They're That's all nice excellent. people. I get on well with all the people. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. So you're able. It sounds like you're able to schedule then with the that many aircraft. You're able to schedule and stagger stuff depending Cor- on your schedule. Cor- sort of. None of them fly a huge amount. Um, then none, none of them fly. You know, massive amount. None of them do more than two hundred hours a year. So, right. um, yeah, I managed to manage to manage to sort of make it work. And if I'm if I if I'm on the CJ4 and the Citation Two needs to fly, then we have freelance guys and we can make it work. That's brilliant. And so now, is it still true with you folks? Do they have a tax benefit for putting themselves on a quote unquote? Well, you don't call it 135. You no, call we it something call, else. No, we call an air operator certificate. Uh, there is a tax. Uh, there's a sort of tax benefit. Um, you get the cheaper fuel, um, particularly in countries like Germany, have a mineral oils tax. Uh, you don't pay that if you're on an air operator certificate. Interesting. However, in Europe, the cost of having an aircraft on an air operator certificate is immense, and. You know, as fast as he's talking, we're going to get through this in about 12 minutes. <laughs> I'll slow down. I'll no, slow down. no, that's wonderful. Yeah. No, because I was going to say, we can cover a lot of shit in an hour. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so the cost of having an aircraft on an AOC in Europe is, is quite immense. Uh, in most cases, um, uh, that will probably, I think, that will normally offset the uh, the saving you make on the tax. People sometimes come to me if they want me to look after an airplane. They say, what about putting it on a, an AOC and doing charter? Well, you end up with um, a lot of expense. Uh, you end up with a high-time airplane and a trashed airplane. Uh, um, well, that's the same here, my friend. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, although I think the from as I understand it here, to put an aircraft on a Pot 135 over here is not as expensive. So the, uh, no, the differences the, are the same. One of the biggest expenses for us is the conformity. So yep. if an aircraft has not been on a 135 certificate before, yep. you know that conformity can run some serious dollars, especially if you run it. I mean, most of the modern aircraft these days, too, burn certs, those type of things, yep. are never an issue. But in the older days, it was right. with airplanes that maybe didn't conform, and then they had to fix those items. So that, okay. that can be a big expense to us. But once it's on the 135 certificate, for us, as maybe you're aware, you're you're not, the tax implications are a phenomenal Is that for, right? for a brand new purchased right. aircraft. Okay. I mean, you're avoiding sales tax and all kinds of stuff that ordinarily would be a, just a gigantic number. Yeah. So in in, uh, in the UK, if you're using the aircraft for your business, you get most of those benefits anyway. It's yeah. only really a problem if you buy an airplane purely as a toy. Uh, my clients they use the aircraft primarily primarily for their business. Right. Uh, so yeah, the the cost of putting on an AOC is is is, is huge. Uh, How are you able to avoid that then with your management structure? It's it's all they just didn't want to. Uh, no. So what I what I normally do I, I make them aware of the uh, of the, the pitfalls, uh, the downsides, uh, and I'm, I'm normally straight with people. I say, look, my honest opinion is that if you can't afford to own an airplane without chartering it out, go charter someone else's. Oh, I sure would. Um, I sure wish that was more prevalent. Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our CJ4. It's like a brand new airplane. I mean, it's six and a half years old. It's like brand new. 
you. That's um, th- it's normally only the owner or the owner and his friends or the owner and his employees or very occasionally just some of his employees. Uh, it's like a brand new airplane. Right. Uh, you don't get an airplane. You don't. That doesn't happen if you're chartering it out. People don't look after it like like you would if you just spent nine million dollars on it yourself. Of course. Yeah. Um, the CJ4 is a beautiful airplane. It's a fantastic. Just beautiful. It's a fantastic airplane. We have been all literally around the world in that thing. Um, the owner's business is Aircraft Spares. And uh, we good routine. business to be in. Yeah, big stuff though. <laughs> uh, not 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 CJ's installation, but oh, yeah, okay. Boeing, Airbus, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and we do some big trips. Uh, we went around Africa in March for two weeks. Uh, wow. We went all around Asia for two weeks last year. Um, is it kind of difficult to navigate around that, or I assume you use handlers and such? Yeah, the navigation, the flying is exactly the same pretty much. No, I just meant negotiating the, the politics of it all. Yeah, that's the problem. It's what the, the problems will happen when you get on the ground. Uh, I think you've flown yeah. in some interesting places as well. Yeah. So they, the funnel starts once you're on the ground. Exactly. Um, Especially, um, especially in Africa. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Africa is a continent of contrast, as you know. Uh, Africa is fifty percent incredible and fifty percent terrible. Uh, so uh, that could be said for most places. Julian. Well, that's probably that's probably probably true. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I love some parts of Africa. Have but, you seen Detroit? Yeah. Well, yeah, true. Actually. Sorry if you're yeah. listening from Detroit. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no. And Botswana is is amazing, and everything everything's lovely, and there's no corruption. You don't have to bribe anybody. There are other countries where nothing works. Everyone looks like looks at you like they hate you, and you you have to bribe the fuel or you wait all day for your fuel. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's a continent of contrasts. Yeah. Yeah. That's well. It, but it makes it interesting, though, too. And I assume you yeah. enjoy that part of the job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, even some of the trickier places we've been to, we did a trip around China for two weeks uh, a couple of years ago. And these are mainly for business, they're, right? They're all business, yeah. Oh, okay. So the uh, the owner of the airplane likes to go visit his clients periodically, the good the good clients, and uh, and the CJ four facilitates that. You know, we uh, there was one day we did a um, a trip where the owner of the aircraft he had a, a breakfast meeting in Dubai. Uh, he had uh, a lunch meeting in the Maldives and uh, dinner with a different client in uh, Kuala Lumpur all in the same day. You can't do that without a, without without one of these airplanes. All right. uh, but uh, yeah, China. I mean, it was it was it was it was really it was, it was hard work. And at the time, I had had enough of it and I was desperate to go home. But about two weeks later, after I got home, I thought, you know what? Yeah, actually, uh, I, I I did that. We made it work. And uh, it's, you get a feeling of satisfaction after the event once you've uh, once you've survived it and made it all work smoothly. Yeah, that makes perfect um, sense. That makes perfect sense. I think Africa's a little bit the same. Yep. Is that mic on? No. Uh, okay, because I'm getting some feedback. It's driving me just batshit crazy. Maybe it's just in my head. <laughs> you think the medical board wants to hear that? <laughs> I just lost my medical. That was awesome. <laughs> I have never lost a medical that quickly before. <laughs> Did Noel just say he's getting voices in his head? I don't, no, I don't think anybody be. has. I think anybody has. Well, you just finished up a 6158. You did a fabulous job, I must say. Awesome. And I'm not Thank just saying much. that. Thank you very much. Um, we have been talking a, a lot, actually, on this podcast specifically about um, the uh, – I, I don't even know how to say this other than just say it – the lack of talent that we're starting to see these days. Our failure rates have gone up. Um, we're just seeing a lot. We're seeing the effects of the pilot shortage. Is that right? Um, okay. Are, are you folks seeing it all over uh, where you are? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's very hard to get anybody to stay on a uh, on a CJ. Uh, certainly as a co-pilot, because we, uh, we 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 use mainly freelance co-pilots, but uh, they they tend they tend they. They tend to get scooped up by the airlines, whereas they didn't used to. Yeah. Uh, you know, a few, a few years ago, you'd get a co-pilot, and they'd be glad to have a job on a CJ, whatever it was, and right. they'd they'd stick around for a while. Now, uh, now people tend to tend to have oh, bigger so ambitions. Too? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, a little bit. We're seeing the good side of it too, though. I mean, we've got folks that are coming in uh, doing well north of six figures now for citation jobs, which was unheard of. Absolutely know, right. A couple years yeah. ago. Absolutely right. Are you still seeing that as well? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the um, as well as the three aircraft that I manage, freelance and other stuff. N- no one's trying to 
no one's trying to push it down on the prices anymore a day right now. Right. Uh, and that, that always used to happen. Oh, uh, it's really? Not, not, yeah. If you, if, you, if, you, if you try and be cheap with someone, they won't, they've got other options now. Yeah. They didn't used to. <laughs> so now I, I have, and I've mentioned this uh, several times uh, within this forum, that I have not done much international traveling. Most of my career was done domestically, even yep. when I was flying for the airlines. Yep. Uh, it was all domestic. And um, your flying rules and what you do seems extremely daunting to me as far – because literally I'm used to being able to you know, file a flight plan, plan direct somewhere, yep, take off, right. get a right turn, yep. direct someplace. Yep. And um, it, it – it befuddles me at the complication that you folks have to deal yeah, with. We, yeah, it's, it's funny. I meet American pilots all the time who complain about the FAA and who complain about... Uh, we would never complain about the FAA. <laughs> I tell you, do you know what? I would never ever. complain about we the FAA. We would never complain about the FAA. I mean that... How one, dare you say I mean that absolutely sincerely. Uh, if you had to contend with the ASA, you would think the FAA were an absolute dream. Um, kind of where I was headed with that comment. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, every dealing I've had with the FAA, they, they, the philosophy is that they will try and help you with whatever it is you need. Whereas with the ASA, the well, answer, that's what that's what they're tasked with. I absolutely, mean, the right, managers yeah. of the FISDOs are tasked with yeah. understanding that concept. I have never had a negative experience with anyone I've ever dealt with at the FAA. Now, um, in well, Europe, stick around a little. Yeah. <laughs> now, in Europe, uh, in Europe, everything's difficult. We make it difficult. It's it's almost as if the brief is to make everything as difficult, so difficult that eventually everyone will just give up and stop flying. Um, <laughs> so. I remember one of the first times that I uh, I flew uh, flew in America, I was ferrying a King Air uh, from the UK to uh, I can't remember somewhere in the United States, and I was in Bangor, Maine, and I'm just used to Europe, and I had all my airways charts uh, on the floor uh, in the uh, in the in the pilot's briefing room, whatever it was, with a highlighter pen trying to figure out a route. This was a long time ago, before before four flights. <laughs> I see this coming. Tr- a trying, mile to, away. Trying, trying to figure out a route to wherever I was going. I might have been Chicago, and uh, a guy came in and he said, "Hey, what are you doing?" I said, well, "I'm trying to work." a route to Chicago. He said, well, hey, it's that way. I said, direct yeah, ord. Yeah, right, yeah. So I said, well, I, I, I can't just fly direct in that direction. Said, yes, you sure, can. Sure you can. And I said, no. He said, file it. And I well, how, how am I going to even file direct for all that distance? He said, well, just file direct. And, and I thought he was joking. Uh, and sure enough, yeah. I filed direct. Back in those days, you had to telephone a special number. Was it, I can't remember, you used to ring a special phone number. 1-800-WX-BRIEF. That's the one, yeah. Still works. Yeah, absolutely. Well, most, it, most of the time. Does it, yeah. yeah. So I filed up and I, I thought this guy's going to think I'm an idiot. And uh, he said, where are you going? From Bangor, Maine to wherever I was trying to think Chicago. And well, how do you file? Well, hang on a second. So, how do you file in the UK? Right. So, going back. I don't mean to digress. Yeah, yeah no, no. It's going back to the days before um, we had all these clever apps and stuff that did it. Uh, when I first started flying, what you would have to do is if I was going from, say, London Biggin Hill to, uh, I don't know, Madrid, uh, I would have to get an airways chart out and I'd get a highlighter pen out and I would work out the airways and the intersections and I'd file an airway to an intersection to an airway to an intersection all the way to Madrid. Then I'd write it on a form. Then I'd have to fax it through. And I can't remember we used to fax it. I think it was Heathrow or somewhere used to fax it. I just passed out a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. We'd fax it through. (laughs) Uh, Why would you even bother? Yeah, right. So fax it drive. And then they would, yeah. So now this is Europe. You can't do that. uh, You can't do that either. No, no, you can't do anything. And um, so then they'd fax fax it back saying that it was either approved or not approved. And if it wasn't approved, you have to get the chart out and try again. Now, it's not so bad now because we've got you know we've got apps that'll yeah, basically right, do right. that. So we, we we I've got I've got a system. It'll 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 send a route off to Eurocontrol. It'll be validated and it'll come back or not validated. And it'll try and find another. The computer's doing what I used to have to do with a highlighter right. pen and a chart. So but still, they won't give you an option. At where back in the day, they wouldn't say, hey, by the way, you want to file this, this, and this, and then we'll approve it. They just say no, and then you have to figure out why so, they said no. 
Yeah, you can. You, they, they will sometimes give you a suggested route. Oh, okay. Um, but it is. Rarely, and I know they do that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's rarely direct, uh, and it, it's often much further than it needs to be. It'll often be ten percent over Great Circle, which is not necessary. Can you use uh, flightplan.com? I mean, that's a staple here. No, in the, in the in the in Europe, I use Rocket Route, and I know they they say that works over here. I've tried it over here with not much success. Never heard of it? No, Rocket Route? Never even heard yeah, of it. Yeah, it works great in Europe. Um, in uh, in Europe, I've tried using ForeFlight, and I think they claim that that works in Europe and doesn't really, not very well. So mm. I tend to use ForeFlight in the United States or North America and, um, and Rocket Route in Europe. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's basically what it does. You say where you want to go from and to. It'll figure out a route. It's never as direct as it as you feel that it should be, and it certainly isn't <laughs> as direct as a direct in the United States. Of course. Uh, everything over here just works. Aviation is designed to work in the United States, whereas in Europe and most of the rest of the world, it probably isn't. Um, well, we still we still have a fairly clunky system here too. I mean, it's it's definitely improved in the last twenty years that I've seen it and been present and accounted for. I've seen some pretty major improvements. Um, however, we still have you know our, our ATC system is still pretty outdated. You know, we're spending a lot of time and effort and money to upgrade that, but we're we're I would say we're still playing catch up with a lot of stuff. You know, with the the advent of the internet, which I believe was invented by Al Gore, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, That's an inconvenient truth. Right, it is inconvenient truth. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> um, we actually are, you know, we're seeing a lot more improvements with uh, our our flight. I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine flying without four no. flight no. anymore with the Correct. geo-referencing and yeah, everything yeah. exists. And then with flightplan.com, which I use religiously, I think it's probably a well-used um, platform. We actually advertise on it. I mean, right. it's, it's, okay. uh, it, we have a yeah. lot of pages that we use for advertising because we know how many folks go to that. Yeah. And it is it is literally made me complacent right. on how simple it is. Yeah. I mean, before I, I would get up in the morning and start thinking about where I was going, start looking at the weather. Yeah. You know, it, it would be a whole experience before I got to the airport of digesting all this materials. Yep. Uh, now, I literally walk into the FBO yep. 15, 20 minutes prior, yep. pull up the computer, look at all the weather, file a flight plan, stroll out to the airplane and push the start button. Yep. It's made it incredibly wonderful, yep. but there is a teensy bit of complacency that comes in with that now yep. where I, I used to be consumed by it and now it's not yep. the case anymore. Yeah, Rocket Route works in a, in a similar way. So it'll, uh, it'll, it'll find your route, it'll validate your route uh, and it'll make you a briefing pack. It'll grab in loads of information from everywhere. It'll grab in all your no time, it'll grab in all your weather. Uh, so literally, you follow the flight plan, and it'll spit a whole pack out at you, uh, and everything is in everything you need is in there. You just, it's, as you say, you just so what you're saying is yeah. flightplan.com should buy Rocket Route. Uh, I think, That's what you're saying. Well, I think actually Airbnb <laughs> bought Rocket Route. Oh, uh, did they really? Yeah, oh, as, oh, there you go. Yeah, as a combo yeah. to try and sell sell more of their fuel. Yeah. Well, we just uh, had Garmin scoop up flightplan.com. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if it was anybody else other than Garmin, we all would have cried. But, yeah, yeah. but Garmin knows what they're doing. They're yeah, wonderful sure. folks. Yeah. But that's they're you know turning into a conglomerate and Garmin you know they're they're no idiots they they knew exactly what that website represented they're taking over business aviation aren't they uh, the, rightly so the, the, have you seen their products uh, I I ferried uh, <laughs> good I, lord it's it's nice kid I mean I ferried a brand new M2 out of the factory in uh, Independence to the Isle of Man a few months ago and it's and you know I, mean, I I did a differences course in the M2 and it's uh, and you know but you forget you forget how how nice it is yeah uh, I did a three plus it's from, intuitive it, yeah it, 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 it almost Knows it's kind of like the iPhone on a texting where you yeah. you can't spell you know taco to save Absolutely your life. Right. Yeah. It knows that you're trying yeah. to spell taco. Absolutely Garmin right. seems to do the same thing. Yeah. And it's, Multiple it's, ways to get someplace as yeah. opposed to just our standard FMSs where you better know how to get in there and get out of there. Correct. But Garmin it'll let you do it three or four different ways, which yeah. is really nice. And it's and it and it's and it's 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 because it's so intuitive. If you don't know how to do a particular thing, if you just push some buttons, you'll figure it out in a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, the intuitive uh, is a great word. Yeah. The Colin now the Colin the Collins FMS that's in the CJ4. <laughs> it's brilliant. It does everything. 
thing. But if you don't know how to do something, you'll never figure it out. You'll die trying. You have to get the book out and, yeah. and look it up. Yeah, um, that's I, that's that's very common, Collins and I, and Proline for that matter too. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, well, I I I, th- I think that the um, the Garmin was probably des- it, it feels like it was designed by a pilot, whereas I think the uh, without question. Yeah, whereas I think the Collins three thousand, I think that was designed, engineers. Yeah, it was an engineer or a computer yeah. guy designed it, yeah. uh, not a pilot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it works great, but yeah, it is a, it is a different philosophy. But no, I mean, Garmin's we we find it here too. We have two collections of folks, yep. folks that absolutely adore the FMSs, will yep. want nothing else, yep. want that structure, that, incred- that incredible rigidness that comes yep. with it, and then we got guys that just hate them. And I'm yep. definitely on the, I'm definitely the latter of those two because we've yep. got seven fifty dual seven fifties in our citation. Yep. I just laugh yep. on what it does, on how easy it is to yep. <laughs> simple to use. Absolutely right. You know, even the VNAV functions and the and LNAV LPV stuff yep. is just a piece of cake. Yeah. Absolutely right. Really nice. Uh, and, and they're taking over everything. When the, the M, you know, Cessna's going Garmin, isn't the M2, the Latitude, the 3 Plus, all that. Uh, and Bombardier as well. I mean, the, 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 the Lear 4045 became the 7075, and that's all, go, that's all G5000. Everything's going Garmin now. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine that boardroom conversation when Textron sat in a room and went, we're done. Let's go to yeah, Garmin. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. That must have been a big one. Yeah. That's a big decision. Yeah. Although, oddly, the, um, the King has are still coming out of the factory with... Um, Honeywell stuff in the King, the new King. The Fusion? I thought it was yeah. the Fusion stuff. Yeah, that, uh, is it Honeywell? I don't know. Yeah, props are for boats. <laughs> right? I just pissed off half, half the listeners. Half the listeners now are done. That's the, the um, yeah, I don't know. I've flown, I flown a King Air 200. It was retrofitted with G1000. It was really nice. I don't know whether I don't know whether I don't, don't come out of the factory with that. Yeah, end. Colin will look it up. We'll get we'll get an answer from. <laughs> there'll him. be a, there'll be yeah. an answer. Yeah. So the um, so that's actually part of your business too is uh, helping with aircraft acquisition. Yeah, absolutely. I've been doing that a long time. Um, what what do you help the client do? So if I came to you and I was a complete well, I shouldn't say this. I am a retard. But if I <laughs> but if I came to you as a client as a complete retard, under what, what how how would you guide me through that process? So when I was young and I needed the hours and the money, I used to uh, I used to deliver little airplanes. Uh, so I used to do a lot of single engine piston ferrying. Um, when you know, 50, I bet you got some stories there. Yeah, 50, hey, I, we've seen that too. I don't know if you've seen it. The the Cirrus, where the guy pops the chute going to Hawaii and no. then films the whole thing down. No, I haven't seen that. It's the water. Is that on YouTube? Yeah, it's it's the new. Yeah, it's it's on YouTube, but it's the new. You know, the ideology that everything has to be filmed in life. Absolutely. So yeah. I think he filmed the entire way down. He just. I, oh, he had a gas transfer problem. Okay. So he had a spare tank, and there's some valve that broke. Okay. I'm, I may be screwing up the story, but whatever the case may be. Um, but he couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he called the Coast Guard, and the Coast Guards actually showed up before he ran out of gas. So they've got him on film. He was lucky. And then they've got him popping the chute, and then he then then he films it all the way down to the water, and then the pickup. But anyways, I digress. So back to your fairing stories. Yeah. No. So uh, yeah. So when I was young, I needed the money, and I I I I, I think deep down I always probably knew there were risk attached to it, but. Um, yeah, I used to ferry uh, piston singles, piston twins, all that sort of stuff. And uh, I think you learn quite a lot about... Over, maybe... over water or... Oh, yeah, yeah, across the Atlantic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely insane. Yeah, correct. Uh, but, 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 <laughs> That's but, a long but, swim, Julian. But as a younger man, I didn't think I was insane. Gotcha. Um, I, used to, I, I used to take the, I used to take the, the view, and, and, and reasonably so, I think. Uh, if I picked up a, a Mooney in Texas, uh, and, and, and given the cost of ferrying something across the Atlantic, uh, people tend not to ferry old junk. And if anybody ever came to me with old junk, the answer was no. Uh, the answer always used to be no. If somebody got as far as Goose Bay and something, if somebody rang me and they said, uh, I've got this Cessna 310, it's in Goose Bay in Canada. Uh, can you take it to Europe? There's a reason why that thing got to Goose Bay and isn't going any further. Someone's someone's either chickened out or they don't like it or they're not comfortable. So that was always a no as well. But if I picked up a, a pretty fresh Mooney 
in Texas and I got all the way up through the United States, uh, all the way up through Canada and it wasn't burning a lot of oil and the temperatures and pressures were good. I thought probably quite reasonably that why why would the engine suddenly stop just because it came to the no, water? No, I think that's actually and very I, reasonable. I think that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And it's nice, too, that you'd get a couple of warm-up sessions yeah, before you absolutely. go across the uh, pond. So, so as far as I'm concerned, the, the, the further and deeper into the United States the airplane was when I picked it up, the more comfortable I, 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 I was doing it. Um, but, yeah, and I, I, you know, I learned a lot about aviation. I learned probably quite a lot about myself, actually, doing doing those things. Um, I did a... Um, I did a I can't remember. There was a, it was either a Piper Navajo or a Piper Chief, and I did from Winnipeg in Canada to Bangkok. Uh, it took nine days. Uh, I wouldn't do that now, but back back then it seemed like a invaluable experience. It was an invaluable experience, yeah. and it was it, it was it was a massive adventure. You know, if, when you, when you're a young man, that's that's oh, way yeah. cool. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, you know, every every you know each each time you landed and you'd survived something, you think, yeah, I did that. That's cool. Yep. Uh, now uh, I'm still ferrying airplanes, but um, really just CJs and Citations. Um, yeah, the the single engine piston stuff I think is for for younger guys. So I'm a retard. I come to you and I say, "Hey, I want to. Uh, I think I want to. I think I want to buy a jet." Yep. How do you lead me through that process? Okay. So uh, first of all, I will try and work out what you want to do with the jet. Uh, I want to work out if you have any understanding of what it's going to cost you to run a jet, because a lot of people don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't have any understanding. Uh, and, and, and even after they owned it for five years, they still have an understanding. Well, I think they have an understanding. They might have regrets. Yeah. Um, Especially so, when the Doc Ten comes out. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> uh, and you know what I was trying to impress on people is that that, that, that this is not a cheap way of getting around. It's a very efficient way of getting around. Oh, extremely pleasant. Uh, it's, extremely pleasant. It's, it's, it's maybe maybe not even particularly, particularly in sort of CJs and stuff. Maybe not even that luxurious of a way of getting around. Um, you know, first class on British Airways is probably more comfortable than being in a CJ4, but it's the convenience and the efficiency. Like I was saying, Not a G-Wagon, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> Globals and G-Wagons. I, I, I yeah, don't know, Julian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. go with them on that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but the, 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 the sort of sector that I, that I, I tend to do, it tends to be the sort of the, you know, the, 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 the sort of the reason light jet market and, uh, and and what those people are buying are, is efficiency and, and time um, one of the guys yeah, who we, works we do the same thing here we sell that all yeah. day long yeah yep. one of the guys who works for my uh, CJ4 owner uh, he had a meeting in uh, Riga in Latvia which for your American uh, listeners uh, is a beautiful place uh, but it's pretty inconvenient to get to from the UK certainly it's inconvenient to get to um, efficiently uh, he had a meeting there and he always says that he was able to uh, take his kids to school uh, I flew him to Riga in Latvia. He had a business meeting, signed some contracts or something. I don't know what he had to do. Uh, and he was home in time to read his kids a bedtime story. That is a two-day trip if you don't have access to a CJ4. And that's what you're buying. So, uh, yeah, I look and see. Which what is invaluable. Of, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, if you're a busy guy, you, it's like having a time machine, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll look and see what sort of uh, what sort of what sort of trips they would intend on doing. Uh, just make sure they're you know, reasonably comfortable with roughly what it's going to cost to, to to run an airplane, um, and then help them try and decide what sort of airplane they need. Um, some people based will, on the mission, based on their yeah. their affordability, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Absolutely right. Uh, now some people will have uh, already got past that stage and they've already decided that they want to buy. A particular type of airplane. Some people have even bought an airplane already. So in some cases, I'll just go pick it up. Uh, in other cases, I'll uh, help them find an airplane. Um, so I'll uh, really, the, th- the things I know the most about are CJs and citations. So if somebody says that they want to buy a CJ2, um, we'll go look at a whole bunch of CJ2s, take a picture. Uh, if I've... What's the availability like in, in Europe? Or is that is that more of where you travel to the US for a purchase like that? Yeah. So I've got a client looking for a CJ4. Um, I found one in Europe. Most of them are in the United States. Okay. Um, there is a availability of airplanes in Europe. Trying to find a clean airplane in Europe seems to be really hard. Are they uh, more expensive? Uh, yeah, they are more, well, I don't know, with the with the exchange rate at the moment, the, uh, the, 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 the pound has gone down the toilet a little bit with uh, yeah, the whole Brexit that. uncertainty. Uh, so all, all airplanes are very expensive at the moment because of the um, 
the strength of the dollar relative to the pound. But um, yeah, if you wanted, say, a CJ2, there's loads in Europe. Okay. Uh, but they tend to have been chartered to death. Most of them are very, uh, very tight. It's really hard to cycled find. Cycled out. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. it's really hard to find a clean airplane. Uh, so yeah, I'll go look at some airplanes. If I find a real clean one, then we can take the client to go look at it. Uh, and, and, and so I, I'm basically... Do it, doing all doing all the, the, the legwork and uh, eliminating yeah. the ones that he definitely doesn't want to see. Um, I picked up uh, an M2 from the factory in Independence. Well, just that service alone, if I may, just backtrack for a, se- a second. That just that service alone, by being able to spot the appropriate aircraft, yeah. staying away from corrosion, staying away from thirty thousand cycles, yeah, absolutely, keeps right. that guy from walking into a bear yeah. trap. Yeah, and so- and sometimes stuff that looks really good on the internet, when you get there, it doesn't look uh. quite like the pictures. Uh, so what 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 we're doing, apart from anything else, is we're we're saving. That's why Tinder works so well. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to. Yeah. You're going to stop on my Tinder joke. He's going to walk on my Tinder no, no, joke. How 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 hard is it to factor in timber into a, a Tinder into an aviation conversation. Yeah, good effort. Um, so, <laughs> thank you. So, yeah. So, uh, um, I've lost my, I've lost, lost track of where I was going. With that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, well, what, so what, once you focus on the right aircraft, you get them. You, we, you, you, can, you go go take a look at that. Yeah, you can say you can you can save someone spending a lot of money on a pre buy that you just know isn't going to turn out well. Yeah. So um, hopefully, I, I, I've got enough knowledge and uh, good enough eyesight that I can uh, I can make sure if something goes in for pre buy, um, it, it's going to probably be okay. And you you l- can l- spot the corrosion or the pig with lipstick, as we like to call them here, oh, <laughs> on an advertisement uh, to, to 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 a certain extent. So with a bit of luck, but if if I found something that's clean, it should go in for pre buy, and there shouldn't be anything we didn't know about um you know i mean there's things that uh, sometimes you just can't you just can't see coming but yep. but yeah it, it 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 helps um or if it's a brand new airplane i picked up a, a brand new m2 from the factory in independence back well, i should have picked it up at the end of march uh now the owners eventually end up with a really good airplane uh but i uh, i flew out there and m2's a good ride it's a beautiful little airplane yeah, yeah. well because um, they you know what they did was they stuck with an airframe that was obviously proven yeah, absolutely right. And they just threw some garments at it. Yeah, some garments and some little and some little wingtips. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I went along to the factory at the end of March, and it was uh, it was an end of quarter airplane, so the uh, buyer got a pretty good deal on it. Uh, but I went there, and uh, well, first of all, they wouldn't show me the airplane. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, exactly. You right. mean the one you paid for? Oh, well, the one my client had paid for. Um, <laughs> so uh, that seems odd. Yeah. So I, I rang the and not uh, suspicious at all. Not not suspicious at all. So I rang the owner. And uh, and I said, look, I know this is going to sound strange, but I'm here. I've been here nearly a day, and I still haven't seen the airplane. Uh, anyway, the reason I hadn't seen the airplane is because the paint finish was awful. Uh, and I think they had... This was a new aircraft? Brand new. So uh, I think what had happened is I think, they had a, I think they had a really successful quarter in terms of sales. I think the uh, guys in the factory were sort of uh, struggling to get them out the door. Uh, and there's a bit of rush. So anyway... Oh boy. So we took a load of pictures. Um, I went home for uh, 10 days. I went back out to uh, Kansas 10 days later, and uh, and they'd done a great job. Uh, the, they just stripped it down and redid it. Uh, they, they fixed the – I mean, we, 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 the first time I was there, we got a China Graph pen out, and we drew over some areas of paint that I could have painted as well as that, and, I, and I've never painted an airplane before. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, we went home. Uh, well, what we like to call a rattle can. They just went out with their rattle can. Yeah, pretty – that's how it looked, yeah. It, was, it, it wasn't acceptable, particularly on a brand-new airplane. Of course. Uh, so I went home for uh, 10 days when I came out, and they'd done a great job. And, you know, I picked up a, a really, really nice airplane. Um, disappointing it wasn't really nice when I went there the first time. But, uh, yeah, you know, so stuff stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I delivered that to the Isle of Man. 
Um, so yeah, so what I, what I do for a client depends. It, it it really depends what they need me to do. It could be trying to help them find an airplane, accept an airplane, uh, or just deliver an airplane. Um, and uh, yeah, that with the uh, the three managers is sort of a it's a little business. All right, that's fabulous. That's fabulous. So uh, future plans for you? Future plans? Um, well, keep doing what I'm doing. Really? Can you um, do you have room to expand as far as bringing more aircraft on? Yeah, if I could get them. Yeah, uh, if they're nice people, that's the uh, that's the key. Uh, we, we, we're I only completely de- agree we, with we you. Only there. deal with nice people. Completely agree with you there. So if any of my clients are listening, you're nice people. <laughs> <laughs> you passed the test. Back your, back your resume too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, no. So um, yeah, anyone and anyone with an airplane, I look after. They're all nice people, uh, and that, that that's the key. Yeah, I'm always look on you know, look out for bigger airplanes. Um, you know, I guess uh, I guess everybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. From a management standpoint, I mean, it obviously helps too. Are you able to then cross germinate if if you have a client that has an aircraft down? Are you able to use somebody else's? Because we have some pretty strict rules here in the U.S. as it relates yeah. to charter and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a gray area. Um, it's it, the uh, in, in Europe, and I'm guessing here they define it as valuable consideration. Yeah. Uh, I think provided no money changes hands, because we can do leases here. We can actually do dry leases yep. that are completely legal. Correct. Um, which works out pretty well for us. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think provided no money changes hands, I think you're okay. As long as if uh, I think if you, if you just keep a tally of who's done what hours on what, uh, so he, here's him two hours on his next time his plane goes down, uh, I think that would be fine. Got it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really care. Well, get what it. I was referring to is, is if, if, like, say our citation goes down, I can yep. actually approach an operator here yep. and have a dry lease and just right. and pay yep. him per hour, say, 1200 bucks, 1500 bucks an hour to use yep. his aircraft. I got to crew it, I got to fill it full of gas, I got to do everything. And that's completely legal here in the US. Yeah. Can you do the same? Yeah, probably. Uh, I try and keep away from anything. Anything that looks like it might be a charter. If you got a ramp check, if it yeah. isn't immediately obvious that the occupants of the aircraft have got some connection with its owner, uh, it's just a whole kind of worms. Like, right. I just don't need to deal with it really. So we, you know, we, we steer away from that kind of thing. Right. Um, well, I heard this recently too, which I'm going to steal and use. If you can't explain what you do in one sentence, it's illegal. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and I think that's the saying the world over. Absolutely right. Um, yeah. If you know, if I, if, I, if, <laughs> if it I, takes if, a paragraph, yeah, ab- it's shady. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> or you're trying to hide something. Yeah. Um, so no, we're absolute absolute transparency with what we're doing. Um, you folks have a lot more too. I mean, I have I've I've gone years and years and years, never been ramp checked. It has gone up a little bit recently. Um, but you folks deal with ramp checks a lot, correct? Yeah, correct. And particularly if you're in a foreign registered airplane. Now, all of our aircraft are um, non-EASA registered. Uh, so the Isle of Man is, sorry, the CJ4 is Isle of Man registered. Uh, the Citation 550 is US registered. Uh, and the 500 is Cayman Islands registered. Oh, interesting. Uh, so in Europe, well, I understand, I understand the Isle of Man because that's, that's a big tax haven, correct? Uh, correct. Okay. Um, but what, uh, the US registered, that, that's perplexing. Why is that? Uh, well, there's a lot of US registered airplanes in uh, in, in Europe. Um, if you uh, if you buy an airplane, if, let's imagine you wanted to buy a five, let's imagine you're in the UK and want to buy a 550, probably you're going to find one in the United States. Uh, when you sell it, it'll probably end up back in the United States. Uh, the, the easiest thing to do is really just leave, leave it on the it. US register. Leave, Absolutely right. Of course, that makes perfect sense. Um, you know, there's plenty of ways to get it maintained in Europe, plenty of people around who can fly them. It's just easiest to just leave it as it is and not mess about with it. Um, I'm constantly confused with that too. So you can fly, well, you, you're different because you have two two certificates. But if you only have an EASA certificate, you cannot fly an end-registered airplane, correct? Uh, only within the country that issued your EASA certificate. So if you've got a British license, you can fly a U.S. registered airplane uh, within U.S. airspace. Okay. Uh, but that doesn't got help it. because very few people just fly around within U.S. airspace. Got it. Um, but you would not be able to fly in the U.K.? If you had a U.K. certificate, an end-registered airplane, can you fly that? 
Yeah, yeah, you can fly that. Sorry, you can fly that in UK airspace. Oh, okay. um, but not not outside of the UK. Got it. Uh, so right. uh, yeah, no. Well, it's, that would be very difficult. Yeah. So there, there's plenty of people around with American licenses though. But yeah, in Europe we have a thing called SAFA checks, which are ramp checks aimed specifically at uh, third country registered airplanes, which would be anything that's not not EASA registered. Because you have you actually have a whole faction of folks that do just that, right? Oh yeah. We I'm, don't we don't have that. We have you know our inspectors do multiple things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Um, so. A lot of air, a lot of airplanes, particularly light aircraft in uh, in Europe, which are on the American register. We can talk about that later if you want. But um, yeah, they, 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 they I think they're probably particularly keen on third country registered airplanes. Uh, and uh, well, they're the most likely to be violating something. I take it correct. I don't, I don't or know. lack of knowledge of the rules. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that's necessarily true. Uh, but it just uh, sounds better on the podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's it's just true. some bullshit. I'm just throwing that but, out um, there. I'm trying to cause drama. Julian. Yeah. One of the things I'm looking for a lot of them. Yeah. One of the things I'm looking for at the moment is you like snobbing on my jokes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not quick enough to pick up on the. That's no, not true. Joke. They're just not very good, man. Let's just admit they suck. So one, one, of, one of the things they're looking for, I think, a lot at the moment is is illegal charter. Um, I hear in the U.S. too. Well, good lord. There good a, lord. There was an incident. Recently, um, in in the UK, which uh, which which I think has has shown has shone a light onto onto some of the things that may be going on. There was a uh, a footballer uh, from a for those of us here in the United uh, States soccer 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 yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> correct uh, yeah what you call football we call rugby but we don't wear all the uh, safety that, equipment uh, yes uh, yeah. yes um, so there was a soccer player um, he was a French guy and uh, it's a sad story actually he's a French guy he was transferring to uh, a football team in the UK and he had flown back to France to say goodbye to his friends and stuff before he moved to join this new football football team. Oh, I read about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he was on board a, um, I think it's Piper, it was a uh, Piston Malibu, I think it was, and uh, it was all completely illegal. Um, it was a it was a US registered airplane. It was doing public transport. It shouldn't have been. Um, the pilot only had a private pilot's license. He oh, shouldn't have been. He, sh- he didn't have an instrument rating. He shouldn't have been flying at night. He had a restriction on his medical. Which, uh, uh, anyway, um, there's no way the footballer could have known that. Uh, no, he just assumed that. I think it was his manager who had uh, who had set it all up. The football, the football manager, or an agent, or somebody. Right. Had some, I think it was a football agent actually. Uh, so I get sued. Uh, I think the agent had set it all up. Uh, and uh, yeah, the thing ended up in the sea. Um, I remember reading about that. Yeah, it 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 is it, it, it's, it's dreadful. Uh, so I think I think we've that, had a lot of that in the U.S. too. And in right? fact, yeah. I can say too, we've actually had. I, I don't want to use the word recent because that would imply that it was very, yep. uh, you know, short time ago. But in in our history within the aviation community within the last twenty years, in the last five. We've had several people actually criminally prosecuted yeah. for doing it, and that was a rarity. Before, you know, you'd lose your license or you'd get some sort of a certificate revocation or something of that yeah. nature. But now we're starting to see criminal prosecutions, yeah. which is great. I mean, because that's exactly what should happen. Yeah, there was a uh, there was you're a, endangering people's lives. Absolutely right. There was a guy, um, and I don't remember all the details, so I'll, I'll, I, won't, I won't say too much. But there was a guy. Uh, I think it was a PA twenty eight. Uh, he'd taken some people somewhere, and I can't remember where, uh, to go bird spotting. Uh, private pilot, not public transport. Uh, the aircraft was overloaded. Uh, I think they found some other thing. I don't think they had a flight manual on board and some other stuff. Uh, he's in jail. Um, it crashed. I don't think anybody even died, uh, but uh, there was people hurt. Yeah, he's in jail. Uh, so yeah, yeah, absolutely Perfect. right. Uh, so they're tightening up on it. So I think one of the things that they're very keen, keen on, on with a ramp check now is uh, is uh, illegal charter. So um, like you just said, if you can't explain it in a sentence, so yeah, <laughs> we, 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 we no is the answer. And, and 
it's the owner or his employees or his right. friends, or guests of the owner on board. If, if your airplane's broken, you don't get to go today. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I, it's, that's just a safer way to go about it. Correct. And there's no Absolutely question about right. it. Yeah. Because trying to, I, I know that early on in my career, trying to fulfill the mission strayed me, walked me right into those gray areas. And Absolutely I, and I right. don't want to be there ever no. again no. because you're not, you're just not going to be able to explain yourself. And, and there is no explanation for that. I, I, I work on the basis that if I land and there's a guy from the CIA or the FAA or from, from wherever, whoever it is when I land, I want to be able to go up to them and say hi and not, not, have, not have my heart rate go up, not start sweating, <laughs> not start worrying. If, 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 if I can just go, hi, how can I help? Yeah, but I can't remember to do the VOR check. I just can't. <laughs> how am I supposed to remember that? Every 30 yeah. days? Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's probably forgotten that. But, um, you but just, yeah, no, I, you just predate them. You yeah. just do them. So when he walks up, you got three of them that have been done three months ahead of time. Then, 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 then you're doing great. Then you're flagged. Absolutely right. But yeah, no, if if you know, you you shouldn't be getting out of the airplane seeing someone that looks like a ramp a ramp inspector and start you know start sweating. It's it's not how you want to be not how you want to be operating right. really. Right. Or drunk for that matter. Or drunk. Now that would be bad. Yes. You actually, I, I saw recently too. We have. Um, the TSA agents, um, it's been kind of a, an uproar for us over here, too. All of a sudden, we've got TSA agents now that have decided that they're going to start trying to find drunk pilots. Oh, really? So, yeah. So we've had several times. In, in fact, I think there was one overseas here recently, a Delta crew. Okay. That got flagged. Okay. And they were innocent. They oh, were right. completely okay. innocent. Okay. Um, but TSA agents, you know, smelling, getting close to you, yeah, smelling yeah. and trying to see if you're, you're drunk. And, and I got to say that from a piloting standpoint – and um, for for most pilots, I think it's it's got to be pretty rare that you're going to see somebody you know showing up drunk or showing up it, on drugs it, or anything. It's, it's just it's, it's a pretty just dumb so, thing to do. Yeah. Pretty dumb thing it's, to it's, do. It's I, it's like thievery in a you know in a, in a military base. Yeah. It's probably not going to happen. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it does happen. I mean, you know, there's always it one does occasionally. Two, yeah, there's one or two cases a year where yeah. where, where there'll be crew of an airline get arrested in uh, in certainly in the UK. It's happened, I think, twice this year. Um, but yeah, it's a dumb thing to do, and uh, yeah, if you've if you've done that, I'm I'm glad someone's trying to catch you. Yeah, I agree with you, <laughs> yeah. especially if my family's on board. Yeah, or me, or yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely or, right. Or what I, I heard this the other day, or I read it, I think on. Uh, have you, do you subscribe to ProPilotWorld.com? No, I probably should. Oh, it's wonderful. You got to check it out just for, just for the entertainment purposes. Yeah, yeah. I, I I adore it. It just cracks me up. Some of the stuff. It's a huge collection of pilots. I want to say it's close to twenty thousand. Okay. Uh, we do have uh, a lot of folks from uh, from Europe. Okay. Uh, on there as well. Well, um, but it's kind of what we're doing. It's okay. kind of just you know people getting online and just bullshitting about aviation. But there's actually a lot of great stuff on it. Um, and part of that was uh, one. I, I think one of the guys that, uh, was having this very heated dialogue and conversation with a guy that was obviously doing something stupid and yep. wrote about it. Yep. And he said, "Just don't fly over my house." <laughs> I love it. I got. I stole that. I'm like, all right, that's mine. Now I'm you, using that one. You carry just, on, but not in me. Yeah, you do yeah. whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Just don't fly over my house. Absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. So I don't think you answered me. So future plans? You've got future um, plans? Well, um, uh, some of my some of my clients are looking at upgrading. Um, I think uh, I think I think I think at least two of them will be looking at bigger airplanes eventually. Excellent. Um, when the time comes, tell so me I'll, which ones they are, and we'll get the sim start and yeah. we'll start building them for you. I don't <laughs> no. want you going to flight safety or CAE. No, I would, I would, it's all going to be one sim company here before too awful long. So yeah. I think we're all screwed. I, I just saw not. CAE bought half a simcom. I just, Is that oh, right? For crying out loud! Right? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
Um, I didn't get a phone call. No, no, <laughs> not, not where's, yet. Where's my phone call? <laughs> yeah, they'll never be as good as Loft. Yeah, thank um, you. I appreciate absolutely that. Absolutely right. Um, well, no, I mean, it's good here. See, he's pretty good. I like those boys. They yeah, they, yeah. they do a nice job. They 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 always have, and they 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 pay attention too. They yeah, really they do. do. Yep. Flight safety will always be the you know the 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 kind of the the initiation. You know, I got my first start in corporate aviation going through a flight safety program, yep. which just blew my hair back. They have good donuts. Very good, sir. Yeah, if you're a, if you're a corporate good, if you're a corporate pilot, you get you get access to the special room with the donuts. But um, <laughs> yeah, they're they're behemoths, but they do they are doing it well. And I'm and I I was glad to see Textron stick their toe in it. Yep. Uh, I was sorry to see them go, yep. and uh, I just thought that they were going to be able to you know continue to produce simulators that were going to be fantastic. And uh, but I, I do think that flight safety realized their mistake, circled back around, and snapped it back up again. Yep. Um, however, they're calling it a merger, whatever. Yep. Um, but those those companies. They brought something that I thought was always extremely important to corporate aviation too, which was structure. Yep. You know, which is what we've always lacked. Because when I went to the airlines, I could not believe the training. Absolutely I mean, right. it was you yep. just disappear for six months and yep. you just get hammered on. It yep. was unbelievable. Yep. And I think that flight safety and CAE and those companies brought that to corporate aviation too, which is nice to see. Which is one of the reasons I wanted to do this. Absolutely, was to right. try to do the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you're doing a good job. Thanks, sir. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. So upgrading, that's what uh, you, you, a couple of clients that might be upgrading, uh, bringing some more aircraft online if uh, the, the opportunity pre- well, pre- I, I think, presents I think itself. A lot of people, as they start to do a little better, they want a slightly nicer airplane. Yes. Uh, and that, that seems to be seems the, way, seems the way that most people are going. So, yeah, I think I, I think a couple, a couple of my clients might be upgrading something a little bit bigger. We'll see what they uh, see what they end up with. Excellent. Um, but I, I'm sure I'll still be here. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Julian, thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Next time you're in town, let's do it again. Absolutely. And I would like to hear some more of your... Uh, I, I guarantee if you were flying across the pond in a, in a PA-28, you got a story or two to tell. I'd ne- like to hear some of those. Never did a PA-28. I did uh, I did Cessna It's just for the podcast. I just said that for drama. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I did. I did, uh, I did. We could probably do a whole podcast just on that Navajo we trip. Probably, we probably could, yeah. And I did Cirruses and Senecas and Cessna 206s and, uh, yeah. And it was, all, it was all fun You're then when I was young. Me. You're braver than me, man. Or, or stupid. Oh, no, I don't know about that. Well, back then it was probably poor. I think actually poverty drives you to do it. Yeah. It drives bravery, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, thanks again, my friend. I appreciate Pleasure. you stopping by. Thank you, Noel. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, we actually have a dedicated email set up for uh, any comments, concerns, hate mail. You know, bring it. We don't mind. Uh, I know I say I'm a lot. I know I smack my lips. But by all means, anything else that you have to say, podcast at loft.arrow. That's podcast at loft.arrow, no dot com. And uh, we will field your comments and respond accordingly.